Hi, my name's Zeke. In this episode, we're going to be talking about what it's like to be trans and gender diverse at school. Check it out. LGBTIQ health, lifestyle, and community news. Check it out is brought to you by the AIDS Action Council. From Canberra. For everyone. Hi, my name's Zeke. I'm 15. I use he, him pronouns. I really enjoy art and some fun stuff like that. Uh, today, I'm here with some of my friends. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Clem. I'm 15. I use it, its pronouns. Hello, I am Rose. I use they, them pronouns. I'm 16 years old and my music career is sinking faster than the Titanic. I'm Eddie. I'm 15 years old. I use he, him pronouns, and I have two cats and a lizard that I adore. I'm Justice. I use he, him pronouns. I'm 15, and I have three turtles, a dog and a cat. My name is Dusty. I am 13, and I love dogs. Hi, I'm Jackson. I'm 16 years old, and I use he, him pronouns. I also have a turtle. Hi, I'm Theo. I'm 15 years old. I use he, him pronouns. I'm really into skateboarding and music. So today, as I said, we're here to talk about what it's like to be trans and gender diverse at school. The first thing that I wanted to talk about was everyone's varied experiences at school. So how has everyone's experience at school been like so far? Yeah, my experiences have been pretty good. My school offers unisex bathrooms, which are really helpful towards the community. Um, and we are very diverse, accepting school. Uh, my experiences have been okay. Socially, my school is really fine. Like, I haven't really seen much transphobia or experienced it from the students. But I found teachers, um, especially if you haven't had a parent go and talk to the staff about you being trans, they can not be great all the time. Uh, my experience at school was uh, pretty bad. I'm currently not going to school because of um, there was um, some big issues with bullying and uh, the school that I went to was a religious school. So it sort of felt a bit like it was systematically uh, against me and kind of just tolerating my existence. So Deuce and I used to go to the same school. I'm in college now while he's currently year 10-ish. And so I've had the same issues with that school. It's not very good with any type of difference. Uh, I have chronic issues. They didn't really care about that. Um, My trans identity, it was more just like, oh, okay, cool. We've never had a trans before. When they had, they seriously had. I go to an all-girls school. It's also religious. And, you know, I was not the first trans person or gender diverse person to go through that school, but they sort of treated me as if it was just a very rare occurrence. Like I was going to pass through school and that was it. They wouldn't have to deal with me. They wouldn't have to deal with anything, you know, about the trans community anymore because I wouldn't be there. Yeah, that sounds like that really sucks. My experience at school hasn't been the best, but it's been pretty good compared to the stories that I've heard of other people's. But for me, I think I'm just a diva and I want everything perfect. My school experience has been quite good, but some of the teachers just, yeah. Uh, well, I went to the same, I go to the same school as Theo, so we've had fairly similar experiences. But in general, um, from what I've seen, it, it depends a lot on 
how accepting your parents are. So if your parents are willing to really push for things to happen and things to be better for you, then that really does make a difference. But if your parents are either non-supportive or fairly passive, it can lead to issues at school just because they don't take you seriously if your parents aren't backing you up kind of thing. Um, I actually kind of relate to that issue about, you know, schools won't take it seriously if your parents aren't in it. But I also find that if um, the school doesn't talk to your parents, then it's like it's also an issue because I find or I found with my experience that there was a communication issue where the school would tell basically the teachers everything that was going on, but they wouldn't tell me about the changes they were making. And my parents kept feeding them information and they weren't really giving feedback on if they had listened, if they were taking anything on board. So it was just kind of distressing because it was like they weren't outsourcing they weren't talking to the people who were like involved in this entire Um, thing yeah i feel a lot of the time schools really talk down to trans and gender diverse kids and don't listen to them and care about what they have to say unless they have a supportive adult behind them because the adult has power but the kids don't and the school can do whatever transphobic bullcrap it wants to and the kid can't stop it but if they have a supportive parent the parent can go and be like hey you need to change this or else I'll take my kid out of the school or else I'll tell people about it and yeah you just feel really really powerless when you don't have that adult oh well in my experience even if your parents do like back you and support you up that doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to have an easy ride because with my family my parents were like constantly pushing for um, them to like change things or to intervene, especially with um, the transphobic and homophobic bullying that was going on. And then like it was just nothing was happening. And they, I felt like they really didn't take me seriously until it got to the point where I was like, I need to leave this school. Like I can't stay here. And then my parents pulled me out. And that was the only time when they started taking it seriously because they just lost a paying customer. And it felt like I was a product and just a means to an end for them. And it I felt very disrespected and not really valued as a person or an individual. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on what Zeke said about communication issues because that is a big thing. Like um, when I was getting my name changed on the role, there was a lot of communication issues with that. Um, mainly admin stuff, like it, it weren't, they weren't doing it on purpose, I don't think, but it was a lot of admin issues and it ended up taking a very long time for my name to get properly changed and there was a lot of stuff like my teachers weren't emailed about changes so I had to like on the first day of school this year I had to basically explain to each one of my teachers as I met them and um so that was fun but they did to be very fair they um the vice principal actually came and found me in class and apologized to me personally which was very nice so yeah, I appreciated that, but it was very frustrating to have to go through that in the well, first place. Um, I haven't actually had my name changed, but it still says Dusty. The thing that is annoying for me with names at school is when there's a relief teacher. Because I haven't changed my name yet, it still says my old name on the roll. And they read that out and then they just keep calling it out until I have to walk up and say I'm 
blah, blah, blah. I've changed my name. I don't like to be called that anymore. It's just kind of a bad feeling having to go up in front of the class. Check it out. So a very common issue at school with the trans and gender diverse community is bathrooms. Um, I've had my fair share of problems with bathrooms. As I mentioned before, going to an old girls school, there are very limited facilities for men and those are occupied by staff and workmen. So when the school gave me the option to use whatever toilet I wanted, I felt very limited in what I could do. There is one disabled toilet that is not in a very accessible place. Um, and it's on the other side of the campus sometimes. So I feel very self-conscious walking into ladies' bathrooms at school, especially because now every student knows who I am. They know me as the trans kid. So it's kind of like, hey, why is that person going into the female bathroom? And it's just very dysphoric for me. At my school, we do have unisex toilets, but it came to a point where now we have keys, which I find is kind of annoying because if you have that key everybody knows that you're trans and it's just everybody knows I guess I could use the men's loo but I haven't been trans long enough to feel comfortable with that I was actually kind of at the center of the whole bathroom thing that happened at our school so originally we didn't have a unisex toilet well a dedicated unisex toilet we had a teacher toilet out in a separate building that we could ask to use um, but it was very inconvenient, especially as they lock up that building periodically and it's sometimes you just can't get in. And it took a while, but eventually we did get the unisex toilet and it was fine for about a term, I think. Yeah, about a term. And then one of the teachers locked it without telling anyone. <laughs> I was like walking through the quad and he came up to me and was like, oh yeah, I locked the unisex bathroom because it got trashed. So at first... It didn't seem like that big of a deal, like we were just going to get a key and like, like maybe even today you'll get a key. But then two days later, uh, the same teacher pulls us out of class and says, oh, um, actually, you have to pay five dollars to get a key. And, and we were like, wait, what? What if I need to go to the bathroom today? I don't have any money. <laughs> Our school managed to compile a list of all the known trans kids. <laughs> and yeah, so they all got permission to go to the front office and we got our keys. So we got the unisex bathrooms and then after one term, the bathrooms were vandalized so badly, someone went in and pissed all over them. That's how they got trashed. Some other stuff happened as well, but someone just went in to a bathroom specifically for trans children and urinated over it. Like, it's just crazy to imagine why anyone would do that. Because of that, the teachers closed these bathrooms and got the trans children to pay $5 to use them. As well as the vandalization, there was some other stuff that Eddie didn't mention, which I experienced a lot firsthand, was that cis kids would use those bathrooms to bunk off a lot, to skip class. It happened a lot. So I went to the bathroom so I could use it. And um, I heard very loudly... These two girls that I knew was were just like chatting in the bathroom. And then I like knocked on the door and I was like, why are you in there in the bathroom if you're not using it? And then they s came out like this, uh, slammed the door open, said like sarcastically, wow, you can't assume our gender. And then they walked off and, and 
I suspect that that was another reason why they closed the bathrooms, because kids were using them so much to bunk off. So Eddie, Clem, Dusty and I all go to the same school, and I think that it has been quite a push to get these unisex bathrooms, and it is absolutely horrible that they've had to be locked now and we have to get keys. And I'm fortunate enough to be comfortable using the men's bathrooms, so I don't actually use these unisex bathrooms. But um, before I was out to everyone and I changed my name and everything, I would use the bathrooms in the other building and they were staff bathrooms. So I did have the same experiences that Eddie and Clem have with teachers. Got really confused because they were like, oh, this is a this is a staff bathroom. You can't be in these. So then I would go to the unisex bathrooms before they became the unisex bathrooms, but they were also often locked. So I would strategically choose what time to go to the girls' bathroom because I was absolutely terrified of walking in there and people going, ooh, you're a boy, you get out. Well, of course, I wasn't out yet, so I couldn't really go in the men's room either, so I was really kind of stuck in the middle. Yeah, very, very awkward position to be in. As a kid, I like shaved my head when I was like eight or nine, so um, I would look like a boy, and then w- I was terrified of going into the boys' bathroom because from birth, that's like a thing ingrained in you that you can't do. Like, you have to go into the right bathroom. If you don't, like, it's illegal almost. So I would go into the girls' bathroom, and then people would think that I was like a boy, and they would think that I was this um, this horrible eight-year-old child who was going into the girls' bathroom to, like, perv on women or something. So I would get like really weird looks. I would get yelled at. I would get like security called on me. Uh, one time this lady slapped me. Like, um, cause people think that I'm just this awful eight year old boy who's gonna go into the girls' bathrooms to watch those ladies wash their hands. Mm-mm. I love a good hand washing. <laughs> but yeah, my school was actually really good about bathrooms. Um, when I came out, my head of year said that I could use whatever bathroom I wanted. Uh, and including the staff bathrooms if I wanted to, but I definitely did not feel comfortable using the staff bathrooms because nope. Uh, so yeah, I just used the boys and I was fortunate enough that was fine for me, but I know there are other people at my school who definitely wouldn't be comfortable using either the boys or girls bathrooms. And then they have quite limited options because going into the staff bathroom is a very uncomfortable experience. That happened to me when I was little, even when I still had long hair and I was pretty sure that I was like a girl, I was just being me. And I went into the bathroom with my friend after like an after school thing. And these girls, they came up to me and were like, you can't be in here, you're not a girl. And then my friend stood up for me because she's the bomb. I just didn't really think that I was per se, I looked like a boy. Although even when I had shaved my hair, I still thought that I was kind of a girl. I, I dressed like a boy, I shaved my head and everything, but I was still going by my old name and all that. And I went into this bathroom and this lady kind of just, she's like, are you in the wrong bathroom dear and I'm like and I just kind of pretended to go along with it because I'm a little bit scared of confrontation and then my mum saw the lady ushering me out of the bathroom so my mum wasn't very happy about that. So when I first came out in high school last year there was basically from administration this huge thing that was like oh you can't be in the girls bathroom because you're a boy but you can't be in the boys bathroom because insert reason here and so uh, it was very much like 
I don't want to say segregation because that's words like very heavy, but it was this feeling of isolation that basically I had to walk the other side of the school just so I could go to the only, like the only main disability bathroom, which, you know, need to be used by people with wheelchairs, which I am not a wheelchair user, just so I could pee. And it's honestly that feeling of isolation was really ridiculous. So Jackson, I was in a, I'm in a very similar situation to what you were in. So the only toilet I'm allowed to use is the disabled toilet. And to access said toilet, I have to walk through like the staff corridors. And I get weird looks from all the staff going like, hey, you're not meant to be here. And it's just very uncomfortable and demeaning. It's really dehumanizing to not be able to urinate. That's like one of the most basic rights. And to have that taken away, and especially since it's something that's seen as so embarrassing, it's really, it really affects you. I think I've changed a lot because of it. Check it out. So social life is a very big thing at school. I think school is where we find most of our friends and where we socialize the most. So what have your guys' experiences been with socializing? Social life? What social life? Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I've had some issues with um, social stuff. Most of my close friends were fine with it. But um, at school, I had a lot of acquaintances who were just kind of, mm, especially um, the religious kids. Like um, around the time I came out, I got a lot of the uh, God thinks you're making the wrong decision, but he loves you anyway. Comments, which just like there's a communal groan here. Like it's, it's a common experience and they think they're being nice and they're like, I'm a saint. Give me an award for being so very accepting and understanding, but ah, uh, fuck you. And it's just not, it doesn't feel very good and it sort of makes you feel um, just pretty crap generally. On that topic, can you physically get more condescending than that? I do not believe so. But like it's saying, I have a personal problem with you. But I'm not going to explicitly say I have a personal problem with It's God who has a personal problem with you, not me. Well, I mean, I haven't had any bullying due to religious reasons, even though I go to a religious school. But, you know, I go to an all-girls school. Every time people see me, they've always known me as she. So it's kind of like the misgendering is so bad at my school, and I find that you know, sometimes it's just not their fault. Like, it's, you know, it's habit. Like, teachers, they've only ever taught girls, like, at the school. So they come in and they say, hello, girls. And it's sort of really disrupting for me because even though it's a small thing, or small in quotation, um, it's kind of like just because it's not intentional doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. So I find that... Pronouns are a really big thing, and that sort of carries over to my transition um, with my peers. My peers would always say she, and then they'd make a big fuss out of it whenever they tried to correct it. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I won't do it again. And then they did it again. So I, my, Well, my social transition was kind of affected by the fact that I'm very non-confrontational. I've directly come out to maybe four people, and the rest either someone else has told them or they've picked up on it or something like that so um with that I never had the courage to like do the thing that some kids do like get 
get up at assembly even and stuff like that. So when when I changed my name on the roll at the start of this year and everyone like my teachers started calling me by the right name and stuff, um, like people that have, I'd known like since kindy, some people, it was just hard. It was hard to for everyone around me to kind of adapt to that when I wouldn't just I, I didn't have the courage to just be like, hey, this is my name now. Please. So on the topic of coming out, I had changed schools in about term four of year eight. I didn't come out until term two of year nine. And I felt much more comfortable doing it there because I barely knew anyone there. So it was a much easier experience. I would have not been caught dead coming out at my previous school because Everyone there was just very unaccepting and not cool. And on pronouns, there's still that, there's still the big thing that, hey, they, them is a plural. You can't use that. <laughs> and I want, like, I've gone to a point where it's just like, I can't do binary pronouns. I want to be as neutral as possible. But people just don't want to use they, them. So I just have to compromise with she, her, and it's insufferable. Well, for me, I haven't made many friends at my new school. Wait, let me rephrase that. I haven't made any friends. I have one friend from my past. Just I met him in year one from different circumstances outside of school. And he's been pretty okay with it. But I don't know. I just felt like it may have weirded him out. Um, Well, I guess me touching on that point about kind of how everyone seems to think that you're a different person. I've experienced that a lot because obviously going to an all-girls school, like suddenly there's a boy there and it's like it's a very immediate thing. They think, oh, like, okay, so now we treat you completely differently, right? It's like, absolutely not. They seem to think that I'm a completely different person. And I feel that extremely distressing because I'm not a different person. I'm still me just because, you know, I asked you to call me this instead of that. And just because I now want you to call me he, him doesn't mean that I'm suddenly a different person. I got uh, a little sympathy email from a friend after I came out saying it was a pleasure knowing, insert dead name here, um, you know, and I look forward to meeting Zeke and it's like, I'm, I'm the same person I always was. And I've also found that this carries across to just everyone. When I want to say, hey, let's hang out, because I don't have many cis male friends. Actually, let me correct that. No cis male friends. It's suddenly they think that I'm hitting on them. It's like, you're the only friends I have. Please take this as something platonic and not like, oh my gosh, suddenly you're a boy now and that changes everything. I am who I always was. I just like would like to identify differently. Just me as a quick, curious person, I was wondering, are you still friends with them? I am actually very good friends with them now. I still hang out with them every day. I don't hold that against them. I just find it as a good reference point for uneducation and, you know, misknowledge out there about the trans and gender diverse community. They think that we're different people. That's not true. I find that it's kind of like this lack of education, which needs to be brought up. So... You know, I didn't specifically go up and tell them, hey, that's not correct, because at the time I just didn't feel comfortable at all bringing that up with them. But, And I'm not sure if they, like, see it that way, but I guess 
just continuing to stay friends with them. They've sort of eased into it all and they haven't really done anything that made me feel alienated. But at the time, it was like a very confronting moment. Some cis people will see you as a completely different person. Uh, I've had that a bit happen to me, but it was also like, I feel like it's because of the like ingrained toxic masculinity and like how people are like, oh, you're a boy now, so you must play footy and hit on girls and like do completely like stereotypical masculine stuff. And as someone who doesn't do that, it's very harmful, especially with trans people and our issues with like, we have to be cis passing just so people will recognize us. Um, Yeah, touching on that subject of having to fit in these roles that are stereotyped. I have a friend called Hannah and she um, is playing AFL on the women's team and is um, male to female. Mm -hmm. And so when she came out, uh, everyone really kind of, a lot of people expected her to fit into all these feminine roles. And she was like, well, no, there's no reason why I can't be sporty, why I can't go out for a drink with my male friends like there's no reason why I should have to fit into these gender roles and I think that's a really there's a lot of stigma around that and I think that should really be brought down check it out uh, I definitely think there's a huge pressure for like trans guys to be like hyper masculine and yeah. trans girls to be hyper feminine and then like non-binary people or gender non-conforming people to be like super androgynous because if you're not, it's like, oh, well, like, you're not really trans. Like, wouldn't it have just been easier to just you to like stay as a girl if um, you're like feminine anyway? Or if it's like, especially if you're gay, for me, it was always like, oh, why wouldn't you just say a straight girl? That's like stupid. And it's like, no, <laughs> that's it's, it's completely different. And just because I don't, you know, play AFL or like do really masculine things and I prefer to like sit in my room and draw than you know, have a beer with the lads doesn't mean that I'm any less of a man. And I think that it's stupid that we hold trans people to this super high standard that like if you're a trans girl, you have to like like shopping and, you know, wear makeup and all this stuff. But if a cis woman didn't, that would be far more accepting. It'd just be like, oh, she's a tomboy. Mm -hmm. And it, it really annoys me. I like makeup still and I love dresses. Amen. And I kind of miss having long hair and my sister doing it in braids because I do miss that stuff and I would still wear it, but I'm kind of scared. I also have like this huge fear of not doing anything too feminine for fear of not passing. Like for years, I've really wanted to pierce my ear, but I'm terrified that if I do it, I won't pass anymore because like any form of ear piercing is seen as really feminine. I think it's a huge problem that we have this huge pressure to present in a very stereotypically masculine, feminine or androgynous or whatever way. And that it's just can be really harmful to our identities when we have this pressure to act in a certain way when maybe that's not our authentic self. Like Mm -hmm. it just, it feels very constraining and like we're in such a cage that society puts us in. So I just like to push that this isn't just something that cis people do to trans people. This is something that trans people do to themselves because of the awful respectability politics that are humongous in the trans community. In my old friend group, 
I felt a lot of the time like I wasn't trans enough because I identify as a lesbian. I still like feminine things. I'm growing my hair out. I wear makeup. I identify as a femme lesbian. I felt a lot of the time like I just wasn't welcome. Like I would hear these trans people in my friend group, I would overhear them like yelling about how much um, they hated non-binary lesbians and how they wanted them to die and go to hell because they were just ruining real trans people's uh, experiences. And it's just something that I've dealt with a lot, both in real life and online. Like the most transphobia that I've experienced is from other trans people online who misgender me, who tell me I'm fake, who tell me I'm not trans enough because I just, because I'm like a non-binary lesbian and AFAB. And it's just, it's just really bullshit. It's bullshit. It's just really horrible. And like, I just, so much of the time, I just feel like really alone in the trans community Mm. because I, sorry. I just feel like I'm not enough um, in who I am. And to have these people who I thought would be part of my community, to have other trans people other me is just, it's indescribable, really. I think that there's definitely a huge um, bias against people who identify as gender nonconforming or non-binary or whatever. And I think that like someone's gender like doesn't matter. I think you just use whatever pronoun someone prefers you to use because it's a word you can deal with thing and it means so much to someone else. And actually, you know, unless like you're looking to get into a relationship with someone or something like that, scientifically speaking, someone's gender is none of your fucking business. (laughs) (laughs) I think because uh, somewhat in part because there's like little available like you can't just go on the street and be like oh another trans person oh another nb it's we as trans especially trans teens and gender non-conforming teens and non-binary teens have to look to internet spaces to find like companionship and especially with like you were saying the people who yeah like, don't believe in non-binary Respectability people. politics and NBA. Yeah. Uh, I think it's even more othering. Like, we're supposed to be a community. Like, heck, it's Pride Month right now. We're supposed to be, like, celebrating who we are. And instead, there are people harassing non-binary people and ace people and, like, people, like, bi and pan people. And it's really nasty Mm -hmm. honestly i think yeah it's your own business like it doesn't affect you and i think as long as people are happy then they can identify as whomever they want um going back to this whole like just pushing certain communities out of lgbt i find that's absolutely ridiculous and also you know my school they're not very helpful um, with any LGBT issue, but there are a lot of LGBT students and I've found that they feel that, you know, LGBT is just all sexuality and it's not, you know. Everyone seems to think that LGBT plus is like, it's all about sexuality. It's not, you know. There's so many under th- other things under LGBT. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for breaking down. It's a really emotional thing. I've cried like 
three or four times during this entire thing, which really says a lot about how schools treat trans people and how it needs to be way better and we need to do better. Um, so yeah, just envy phobia is a huge problem um, for trans people and it's a problem in schools a lot. I found a lot of the time teachers would um, teachers would t- treat all the trans people not very well, but they might use a binary trans person's pronouns when they wouldn't use a non-binary trans person's pronouns. Okay, so NB, non-binary, um, is someone who exists outside of the Western gender binary. Um, actually, I'd just like to interlude and define some of the things that we've been saying. Um, so cis or cisgender means someone whose gender identity aligns with their sex assigned at birth. Mm-hmm. Um, as Clem just said, NB, non-binary, so non-binary phobia by NB phobia. And the term that I used before, AFAB, means assigned female at birth. And AMAB is the assigned male at birth. And I was talking about, um, like... Bi, which means bisexual or biromantic, ace, asexual or aromantic mm-hmm. in some situations because a lot of ace people identify as aro as well. Asexual, aromantic and proud. <laughs> and pan, which is what I am, is panromantic or pansexual. Mm-hmm. So panromantic or sexual means an attraction to someone regardless or or one person or multiple people regardless of their gender identity bi means an attraction to one or more genders and ace means uh little to no sexual attraction and aromantic means also little to no romantic attraction Check it out. Okay, so I've found in a lot of the LGBT circles I am in online, we're all self-deprecating. So we love making fun of ourselves every chance that we get. The last thing we need is people within our own community talking down to other people. Yeah, yeah. Rose, I don't really know what I am attracted to. I guess it's because I'm only 13, but everybody else kind of knows but I don't think that they really know I just think that oh I'm born a girl I should be attracted to boys but I wasn't really raised that way so my whole life it's been oh I don't know am I gay or do I what do I like and it's just been this whole thing not really but I'm only like 13 so I feel like at the same time it's okay that I don't know but it's awkward because I can't Like, I was so used to saying I have never had a boyfriend that when I was sitting down with a group of girls at this new school, I was trying to make friends and I said, oh, I've never had a boyfriend. And they were like, oh, don't you mean girlfriend? And I was like, I don't know. Because I have no idea what I like. And I just don't know who's okay with it and who's not okay with Mm. it. And that's hard because I don't want to have to find out the bad way. Yeah, that's um, a big point that one of the biggest parts of trans experience is just the fear, especially for trans lesbians. It's really, really dangerous to be a trans person and date because like, like say a trans woman um, started dating a cis man and the cis man, he's kind of embarrassed he's dating a trans woman. Like he thinks it's somehow, somehow kind of gay and... So he's worried that his friends will find out. But when his friends find out, he um, violently attacks the trans woman. So his friends won't think that he's gay, that he's kind of gay. 
And it's just insane to imagine, like, just imagine going to a bar and not being able to know if you're able, to, if you can chat someone up at the bar without them attacking you. Uh, also, all these people online who um, have this whole, uh, if you don't experience dysphoria, you're not trans. Uh, shit. Which... It's so dumb because how someone feels about their gender is none of your business because finding their gender or their body is really fucking hard, man. And it takes a lot of like thinking and a lot of like hard work and a lot of like sad nights crying alone in your room. Like it's, (laughs) it's hard and like trans guys and trans girls and non-binary people or gender non-conforming people or whatever have worked so hard to try and be a more authentic version of themselves Mm -hmm. and then if you're just going to disregard all of their struggles because you want to be all high and mighty that's bullshit trans gatekeeping in general is a very infuriating thing it's not like it's especially bad for nb people but um even binary trans people that aren't extremely binary it's very very strange for people to have this view that dysphoria is experienced the same for everyone and um if you don't fit this preconceived notion of how dysphoria is supposed to work that um you you can't be trans and Mm. it's it's just very bizarre and i don't understand why people are so vehemently Mm -hmm. like like committed to this check it out so i guess just bringing it back to school what i really wanted to ask all of you is how would you sum up a perfect schooling experience better toilets there just needs to be more awareness and there there can't be any isolation Uh, i think it's really important that the school listens and gets feedback from the community in a perfect world if we can't get non-gendered bathrooms that can we at least have the same amount of bathrooms for trans and gender diverse kids as we have for um, males and females. Um, I think my perfect schooling experience would be where the school communicates and actively tries to educate themselves, not only just communicating to myself and parents, but also to their actual workers, the teachers, saying, hey, this is what's going on, this is what we're doing, and just making an effort. Zero tolerance for transphobia, including within the staff. More tolerance among the student base, because there are so many kids at my school, they're like, wow, that's fucking gay, and they get nothing from it. Check it out. So we've talked a lot about what's going on in school, but what about once we leave school? What do you guys want to do? What do you think you're going to do with your lives? Gonna go to Norway and make true Norwegian black metal without the fascism. Still want to make some sick beats. I am looking to pursue a career in psychology. Uh, After school, I am hoping to pursue uh, creative writing and filmmaking, if I can. Um, Yeah, I'm also pretty interested in psychology. Oh, definitely. I I don't know. I really want to give back to the community for all the things they've done for me. I'm in year seven, so I have a long way to go. Everybody here is like in year 10. But I would really like to work at the zoo because that sounds awesome. I'd like to become an engineer or an electrician. 
One, two, three. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kinda dumb with a finger and a thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. That was poppin' fresh, Jimbo. Yo, you guys should all say goodbye now. So a big thanks for everyone who came here today and everyone who helped in the creation of this podcast. Until next time, my name's Zeke. Check it out. For more information, visit our website at aidsaction.org.au. Follow us on Facebook or become an AIDS Action Council member. You know you want to. LGBTIQ health, lifestyle and community news. Check it out. It's brought to you by the AIDS Action Council. From Canberra. For everyone. 